Let's go deeper. And the Bible says, the psalmist writes, I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. You know, anytime I read the psalms, you know, I, I find this word called pleasure. You know, and, and, and let me tell you something. Pleasure is a God word. Is a God word. Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy and what? And pleasure. Okay. You cannot experience pleasure without God. Okay. And, but, but the whole world has corrupted the word pleasure. You're driving down 26 and you see a sign pleasure palace. All kinds of wrong things are going on in your head. But please understand. Pleasure is a God word. Only God can work with you, be intimate with you in your life that there is pleasure that you can experience in God. Amen. Come on, everybody say, let's go deeper. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, he, he stepped out when these people could not catch any fish and, and they were, were discouraged and did not catch anything. Jesus shows up, teaches them, and he says, now row, <laughs> row out the boat to deep waters. Now row out to deep waters and cast your net. Amen? Come on. Everybody say, let's go to deeper waters. Deeper water. Amen? We looked at this verse last few weeks in Ezekiel. The river that flows from the temple. He says, at this point I was up to my ankles, then to my knees, then to my waist. And so deep that I was completely submerged in it. And so whether you are at an ankle deep experience with God. Whether you are at a knee deep experience with God. Listen, you can go deeper. Amen. Deeper in intimacy. Deeper in knowing God. And so what I've been talking about last few weeks is this, that one of the avenues and one of the pathways to going deeper is going deeper through worship. Amen. And so I've been talking about this and, and, and kind of outlining a few things and, and, and I said a few things that worship honors God. Amen. Anything that you want to call worship, the question is, does it honor God? Number two, worship is directed towards God. You know? And so for something to be called worship, it must be directed towards God. If you want to know a song is a worship song, find out the direction of the song. Because most songs we sing is not God, it's about us. <laughs> I am a friend of God. It's talking about us. Uh, and then so we need to find the direction that is it going towards God. Worship requires involvement on the part of the worshiper. Amen. And so there is something that is required from you. Worship involves a cost. And we talked about this, that anything that's not valuable to you is not valuable to God. <laughs> Am I making sense to you? And one of the most valuable things is time. <laughs> and we have to learn to give God Time. Amen. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Worship requires terms, uh, God's terms of engagement, not man's. You know? And so I've been talking about this. Why? Because a lot of people are familiar with God. We know Bible stories. We know this and that. And we know verses here and there. But, but it's a completely different thing to be intimate with God. Where God draws you to himself. Where there is a sense of communion with God. And we looked at some of these verses that are there in the Bible. That The Bible says in Numbers 12 talking about Moses. That God spoke face to face with Moses. You know, Face to face with Moses. And so uh, I talked about this. That when there is worship. Worship involves these four words. You know. 
Worship is not about music. If music comes to your mind when you think of worship, please understand, music is a very small part of what the word worship is. And we talked about this last week. When the wise men came, they came and worshipped. They didn't come bring their two guitars and two string instruments and sing two songs. Okay? They came and worship. And so worship, music is part of it, but it's not the only part that is there. But it must incorporate these four things. It must have the fear of the Lord. Number two, it must have the ability to serve God. Number three, it must have the ability for us to bend our life and and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. And number four, it must have the element of sacrifice. Amen. And so the Bible says, offer to God sacrifices of thanksgiving and sacrifices of praise. Amen. And, and so I have prepared a very nice message this morning, but I think I'm going to skip the message uh, because, um, just because, <laughs> uh, uh, because I, I was feeling and doing, so I went back there quickly and I got, you know, put some things together because I had it in my mind, so, so uh, give me some minutes to find my notes in my notes. <laughs> uh, but because I really believe that church, we are at a place where... God is breaking through. God is breaking through. And God is visiting his people. Amen. God is visiting his people. And so, uh, actually this is what I wanted to preach on. Uh, you know, the name Judah in the Bible means praise, right? But, but, but that's not what I wanted to preach on. The Bible says the sons of Judah, he had five children. But I'll leave it for another time. Because each of those names has a meaning, you know. Judah, one of his sons names Perez, it means breakthrough. That's what praise does. Praise gives you a platform to break through into something new that God has for you. Amen. Praise is a place of protection. Amen. But I'll leave it for another time. But what I wanted to kind of do is skip all these things. Sorry. Uh, The the Bible says something like this. The Bible says in Psalm 102, it says, I know you are about to rise and show tender love. I I, I just put IFC. To IFC. (laughs) Now is the time, Lord, for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come for your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. Amen. I want you to get that verse in your spirit. I know you're about to rise and show tender love to IFC. Come on, look at your neighbor this morning. Say, neighbor, God is rising to show you his tender love. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? <laughs> Job said it. Thou has granted me life and favor, and thy visitation has preserved my spirit. It's God visiting his people. Right? It's God visiting his people. And so I just want to say to you that 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 things are gonna get crazy. I just want to say to you that, you know, it might not be normal as, as usual, but, but, but we must follow 
the Lord. Amen. We must discern the Holy Spirit and then go that direction. Why? Because God has some things in mind for you. Amen. Amen. He wants to visit his people. And so this morning, I, I, I just put up some visitation verses. I don't really have a message this morning because the message I, I, I planned, I'll do it another time. But, but let me just pour into the atmosphere this morning. Can I do that? Yes. Huh? Let me just speak into the atmosphere this morning. In the Bible, when you take this word visitation, uh, uh, of course, it's many, many times, al- almost over, uh, we find 40, I think it's 46, I counted, times, maybe it doesn't use the word visitation, but, but 46 times we find that, that God had some kind of encounter with man, you know, some kind of encounter. But I'm just going to take six of them this morning. Why? Because all of them have this word clearly. Like, like sometimes it doesn't say visitation. For example, when God visited Jacob, it doesn't say God visited Jacob. Right? So that's why I'm not going to talk about that. But why? Because it doesn't say the word visitation. <laughs> but although he did. I'm just taking, why? I just want to put some scripture verse. Why? So I, you have something to, to, to grab hold of. Yeah. Are you understand what I'm trying to say? Something to go. So, so that's all I'm going to do this morning. And, then, and so uh, I found that there are six instances of the word visitation. And the reason I want to point those out, because it gives us some fuel. It gives us something that says, okay God, I am believing for this. Otherwise, you'll be sitting around like, why are these people crazy? And, and they're lying down and they're like on their knees, some are crying. And, and I'm just hungry. And, and, and when is this thing going to get over? And, 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 and why did I listen to somebody to come to church today? Um, um, oh. yes. and, and sometimes you can get confused. Like, uh, now the, the, somebody on stage, they said, like, 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 sing a new song. What? What is that? And, and so I just want to say to you that, listen, God is visiting his people. Amen. Some response should be there from your side. So I just want to give you some verses to have some kind of you know, handles on that you can say, okay, okay, since this is happening, this is my role. This is my part. Okay, so, so just some Bible verses. First one, what does visitation mean? Visitation means fulfillment of prophecy and removal of barrenness. Listen to this. <laughs> Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah. There was a prophecy years ago. <laughs> right? But she was barren. Prophecy, but barren. God said something, but nothing happening. But the Bible says, and God visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. And so I want to say, in visitation times, prophetic words come to fruition. Amen. What is it that the Lord has been speaking to you about you, about your life, about your children, about your spouse? What is it that the Lord has given you prophetic promises for? Listen, a visitation comes to bring those prophetic words to fruition. And it says, and the Lord did for Josiah as he had spoken. And the Lord did for Ralph as he had spoken. And the Lord did, am I making sense to you? The Lord did for Amber as he had spoken to. And the Lord did for Jerry as he had spoken. Why? 
a time of visitation comes and what has been planted as seeds in the ground, the prophetic promises that are there, comes to fruition. And so if you are sensing the presence of God and you are sensing a, a move and you are seeing something, listen, don't just sit there and do anything, but listen, get part of it and start reminding God of his promises and say, God, you said this and Lord, you said this and you said this about my spouse and you said this about my son and you said this about my business and you said this. And he named, she named the child laughter. May God turn your morning into joy. May God turn your morning into joy. Amen. Into joy. I'm just giving you some ammunition this morning. Uh, uh, in a visitation time, recognizing God has seen our pain and come to act on our behalf. God has seen our pain and he has come to act on our behalf. So what happens in visitation? Listen, Exodus 4.31. When they heard the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord. Why did God come? He said, listen, God had visited. Why? Because they were in pain and they were in bondage. And so, listen, if there is a visitation coming, if the visitation happening, if you see God moving, there's a great potential for the bondage and the pain and the cry and the hurt and the wound that is there in the, your life and the affliction that is there and the things that you're fighting through and the things that you think that you're losing faith for. When the visitation is there, God is looking at that bondage and looking at those chains and he's breaking those chains off and taking off those shackles. And like we sang this morning, you are coming alive. You are coming alive. Amen. And so don't let the things that have happened discourage you or deter you away from what God wants to do in your life. I want to say to you, he's seeing your pain and he's come to act on your behalf. Come on, look at your neighbor this morning. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, God sees you. He sees your pain. And God is acting on your behalf. Amen. He's acting on your behalf. When visitation time comes, there is divine help and provision. And provision. Listen, Ruth 1 verse 6, it says this. Then Naomi arose with her daughter-in-law. That she might return from country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. You know the story? Naomi and her husband Elimelech, they were in a city called Bethlehem, Bethlehem Judah, a house of bread and praise. And suddenly a house that is supposed to have bread and a house that is supposed to have praise, suddenly there was a famine. And it's usually in famines that people make bad decisions. Instead of staying and saying, yes, I don't see anything happening and, and there is famine and everything has dried up. And, 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 and instead of staying in that place and saying, God, I know it's dried up, but I know that you are true to your word. I am going to remain. She did not remain. She followed her husband, went down south to a place called Moab and paid a heavy price for not being in the place that she's supposed to be. And there are a lot of people, they pay a heavy price. <coughs> For not staying put where God has planted them when a famine comes. And, and, and she pays a heavy price. Her husband dies. Her two children who got married, they also die. 
Now she got these two foreigners that are there and she says, listen, you're not from our place, you're from here, my sons picked you, you go back to your families. Because once again I heard that there is bread back at my house. Because God is visiting and God is bringing provision. <laughs> One of the daughters says, see you later, goodbye, thank you. Nice knowing you. The other daughter, when she heard rumors of God visiting, she said, I want to see also. I want to hear also. I want to be partaker of it also. And she clings on to her mother-in-law. And they go back and they see the provision of God in the land at one time that had famine. I want to say to you, in times of visitation, God is bringing provision. God is bringing provision. And so when we have applied, applied, and there is no reply, and when we have come to a place where there is dryness and, and come to a place that there is famine, listen, a visitation is a great time that God stirs those things back up again and releases provision for your life. Visitation is a restoration of inheritance and homecoming. It's a restoration of inheritance and homecoming. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 29. You know, we know verse number 11, which says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans, right? Of peace. Plans that produce a future and a hope. But it says, for this says the Lord, after 70 years, as I complete Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we make those bad decisions. Sometimes we walk away from where God has planted. We pay a heavy price. But listen, even in those times, God is a God who is full of mercy and full of compassion. You cry out to God and God hears. And these people after say, cried out to the Lord. And suddenly in steps and steps, God took time step by step and restore them back to their glory. I want to say to you, in times of visitation, God takes the prodigals. God takes those people who made some bad decisions. God pays some people who paid some heavy price. Maybe you wrote them off. But God didn't write them off. You wrote them up and say it's over for that person. You know, that's it, you know. They made not just one, two, three. I mean, they made a series of bad days. And God said, listen, in my visitation, I bring people. That that has been dead and that which has been buried, that which has lost hope. God restores, not only restores, but with inheritance. Am I making sense to you? When there is restoration, of course, there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Right? The Bible says times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Am I making sense to you? From the presence of the Lord. And so I'm just giving you some ammunition just to point out some scriptures to put it in your uh, arsenal this morning. When as Brother Rav brought that word this morning regarding you know, to assume the position. When you hear God, listen, line up to what God is saying. Immediately respond. Take your place to what God is saying immediately. Amen. And so what is our response? Well, well I want to just give you a few things this morning and, 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 and just simple things you can write down. Number one, consult God's timing. 
what does that mean? What does that mean? Why are you talking about times? And why, why are you talking about visitation? Why, why, why are you saying all these things? Because we've been consulting God's timing. Oh, what does that mean? That means this, the Bible says that uh, t- times and seasons are in the hand of the Lord. Right? We discern what is it that the Lord is doing now. Right? Something that he is birthing. Something that he is wanting to release. Right? We talk about these two words. One is the word called chronos. Chronos just means like calendar time. And then the word, second word we talk about is kairos. Kairos means a set time, right? It's, it's, it's like pregnancy, right? When somebody is pregnant, it's chronos time. And there's nine months that are there. But, but a kairos time is the moment of birth. Am I making sense to you? And then so why are we saying, what we are saying is this, that, that uh, we are in the timings of God. We're in the timings of God. We're in the timings of God. And please understand, not everybody discerns. Most Christians, they only feel stuff. I don't feel anything. But it's not feeling, it's discerning what is the timing of the Lord. Am I making sense to you? What time is it? What time is it? Number two, we must, what I call, count the cost. Count the cost. Listen to this. Luke 14. He says, If anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experiences as his own. He cannot be considered to be my disciple. So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. Who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? So listen, if, you're going, if there is something that the Lord is doing and you're saying, yes, I want to be part of it. Yes, I want to see God. Yes. Okay, we, 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 okay this is the timing of the Lord. Number two, count the cost. Why? Because you're going to have to pay something. <laughs> Am I making sense to you? Why? You'll have to learn to organize and prioritize what is really important. Am I making sense to you? Because a lot of people, they'll be with you till all the talk is there. But when it's time to pay some stuff, they'll run out. (laughs) Why? Because they don't want to pay the cost. What do you mean cost? I'm not talking about you giving money or anything. What I'm talking about, what will it cost you to prioritize what God wants in your life? Am I making sense to you? In the Bible, we have these two words. It's the word called cross and is the word called yoke. Both are symbols of cost in the Bible. Both are symbols of cost. It says, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. <laughs> take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is... Salvation is free. Everything after that you've got to pay for How do you pay? Two things. Are you going to pick up the cross and are you pick up the yoke? Am I making sense to you? It's easy to drop money. <laughs> Very hard to pick up the cross. <laughs> Am I making sense? Very hard to pick up the yoke. <laughs> Am I making sense to you? If God is doing something, please understand, a, gr- a cross is an instrument of death and a yoke is an impl- a implement of toil. <laughs> The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Yoke is a symbol of service. You gotta count the cost. 
what is required of me am i making sense you there are three verses i like that i just throw it in this morning uh, um um as what i call primers keep this thing in mind <laughs> listen to this proverbs 14:4 the only clean stable is an empty stable right so if you want the work of an ox and enjoy an abundant harvest you will have a mess or two to clean up that's the passion translation i've got even a better one called niv nikki's international and nikki's international translation says that listen if you got church and you got 150 people you got 300 problems <laughs> and if you have a church and you got zero people you got zero problems and so as long as you're going to work with people you are going to have problems hello somebody and then so why because everybody right you got to count the cost why somebody is going to take you off somebody is not going to behave the way you should want them to behave somebody is going to just look weird to you for a while you got to count the cost am i making sense you got to count the cost amen up oh, number 3 you must change your mind skin you know and then if you're in IOC any time of time you know what that word means you know i don't like to use the word mindset because it's a mind that is set and the bible says pours new wine into new right mind skin right can and it's years ago the lord said something to me you don't have to be wrong to repent right? so you should repent every day because what does repent mean it means change the way you think change your thought change your belief system right and so you should be repenting all the time or repenting is not going and saying sorry <laughs> right and then so change your mind that means every day if your mind is not nothing is changing in your life am i making sense and so guess what we are going to have to change some ways how we think about some stuff how we do some stuff am i making sense do some stuff number 4 you must chalk in fits times of prayer in the season you must chalk in and the reason i put chalk in because they all start with c you know so that it's helpful to remember <laughs> so if you're looking at why we're using this weird word it just it just you know it makes sense anyway chalk in fixed times of prayer in the season is it what do you mean listen i told you this few weeks ago when you look at asbury and and all that is happening here and there it's just a sign that is saying god is saying it's rainy season right but you must ask the lord for rain am i making just because it's raining doesn't mean it's raining on you and so you need to uh, and so when, when something is happening chalking sometimes of prayer get before the lord press in go into your closet and get with god am i making sense to you and so sometimes we might come sunday morning like this and and we might not even have preaching time we might just come in and just worship or we might just come in and pray why because there is a season that is there on us that we need to get hold of what is it that the lord is wanting to do 
Am I making sense to you? He says, ask the Lord for rain. How many of you know rain is uncomfortable? Rain is interruption. Hello, somebody. It is interruption. Am I making sense? And so sometimes when it rains, it is messy. Hello, somebody. It's messy. You know, I always tell the story. I'll tell it again. The reason when you go down to the grocery store and you're checking out and you see all those magazines and, and that magazine with that nice house on it and, and it tells you the, all the modern living houses and, and you pick up and you say, I want this house, wow. And you go through it, oh, look at that kitchen and look at that living room. And the reason it looks like that because nobody lives there. They don't have any kids. They don't cook. I, I, you understand what I'm trying to say? But if there is some life there, it's going to look messy. Hello, hello, somebody. It looks messy. And so if you come to church and everything is perfect, God's not there. Man is putting everything in effort. To... When there is life, it's going to go, hey, by listen, this, that. We go. Why? Because God is not adjusting to us. We better adjust to God. Am I making sense? To you? Let me just do this last one and, 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 and close it out. <laughs> Number five, another C word. Cooperate with God through acts of obedience. Cooperate with God through acts of obedience. Cooperate with God through acts of obedience. Goliath was killed by the word of the Lord but also by the stone of David. The word of the Lord, but there's something that he had to act on also. God provided food for the widow in in King 17, supernaturally. But she also had to do an act of obedience and give what she had away to the prophet. What am I saying? What I'm saying is when you see the timing of God, when you are willing to pay the cost, when you are changing your thinking and you're putting in some times of prayer to see what is it that God wants to do, then then, then find out how you have to cooperate. Find out what it is that the Lord is asking you to do. Not someone else. Okay? What is the Lord speaking to you? Am I making sense to you? To you. And then so God might come in and, 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 and say something to you as a, that you need to do as an act of obedience. Am I making sense to you? This is not for everybody. And so don't go on social media and say, the Lord said this, we should do this. No, he's saying something to you. You do it. Right? You are clean to the word that you have received. And so you need to do it, right? Whatever it is, whatever it is. He, he, he might say some stuff that you don't like. Most of the time, that's what he does. He might say to you that, you know, you always sit in your favorite seat. I want that person you don't like, I want you to go sit with them next Sunday. Wow. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? He, he might say something to you that, that, that and again, it doesn't have to be sin. It's not like God is saying, you need to confess your sin. It, doesn't, it can be anything. It can be anything. What is it that he's saying? You know, one of my friends, 
he had a church and and he had a church for like 18 years 18 years he had about 160 people in his church 160 people in his church and and um, I, i was there in his church and and i was preaching not on this but but something like this i was preaching on and and i said hey you need to do and obey what god is saying to you now my friend for 18 years he wore a toupee that nobody knew except his wife now i didn't say nobody said nothing but he felt that god said to him to go in front of his congregation and take his toupee and then tell the people hey i been no, no it wasn't sin it wasn't wrong he still looked good without the hair with hair whatever it was but that's what god told him why i don't know <laughs> is it something spiritual no how's that going to help with anything i don't know he got up in the mic he said i just feel like you know god told me to say this so i'm like say what is like well i want to tell you church you know i feel like i'm living like a double life in front of you and it's not not there's nothing that he was doing wrong or anything like that. he said but, but, but i'm just projecting the image this is not who i am actually i have not had hair all my life and so i just felt so conscious so i wear a toupee and he just took it off <laughs> In six months, the church went from 160 people to 2,600 people. Wow. God, this everybody started weeping, crying. I'm like, what? Did you see a ghost or what? Like, like, like I don't know what happened. I, know. I, I don't know. All I can tell you was, it's an act of obedience to what the Lord said. Sounds crazy, but but sometimes it's like that, right? It's like name and go dip in the river seven times. What does the river have to do with anything? There's no healing power. We should not take tours to you know Israel and and go Jordan River and dip seven times, right? But, but the problem was with Naaman. Naaman was very good at telling people what to do. But when somebody told him what to do, he didn't like it. And so the prophet came. I'm going to tell you what to do. Go dip seven times. See, it wasn't about the river. It was about is he willing to? Am I making sense? And then so in times of visitation God will tell you you something has nothing to do with anybody nothing to do with your wife nothing to do with your husband he, he might tell you hey listen you always come late to church be on time i want you to he might say something like that to you And so you might have to leave your wife behind. <laughs> Let her get her own car because you've been ex- using that excuse for 18 years. My wife is all there. My wife I'm not saying I'm just saying what is he saying to you? <laughs> what is he saying to you? Acts of obedience has nothing to do with something great, nothing to do with sin, nothing to do with not is just what is the lord saying to you am i making sense to you? And so don't complicate it, don't make it so it's just very simple. he might ask you to do some acts of obedience it might sound crazy it might sound crazy i've done so many of them there are many times i got up in the morning and the lord says sit in the plane and fly to israel i'm like what <laughs> it's not so easy and there, I, i've done it at least three times i've got up in the morning and the lord said i went booked a ticket on the way why am i going i have no idea who you going no do you know anybody nobody 
but I've sat in a plane and flew all the way around the country. Why? I don't know. Did God give you any other word? No. Did he say something promising? No. He just told me to go, so I just went. Many times I just went and nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) So I wish I could tell it and say, I did it and, and this is what happened. Sometimes nothing needs to happen. Sometimes what you need to realize is that, okay, he will obey. So when the time comes from some serious stuff, he will do it. I can depend on him. I can depend on him. And so I want to just close it out today and just say to you, listen, we are in significant times. We are in epoch times what the Lord is doing, you know. In the olden days, they used to say something like this when they invited somebody, say, Josiah, can you come to my house for dinner on Thursday? They would say something like this, say, if the Lord wills, I'll be there. If the Lord wills, I'll be there, right? If they say, hey, can, can you, you, you want to go to that uh, movie on, on Thursday? Say, if the Lord wills, yeah, I'll make sense. If, they'll always say, if the Lord wills. And so I find myself saying this like, recently. Somebody said to me, hey, yeah, uh, can you go with me? I said, if revival doesn't break out, I'm coming. <laughs> if revival doesn't, I, I'm coming. Why? Because there is that expectancy so much that I'm on the edge of something. Yeah. On the edge of something. It's not way out there. It's, I'm at the edge of something. I'm on the edge of something. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to obey. I'm just trying to obey. And so I say to you people, walk in an awareness, walk in an alignment, walk in an excitement, walk in an expectancy, because anything could happen at any time, anywhere that you are. Am I making this? Don't make it about you. See what the Lord is doing. As a get up everyone say, God, what is it that you're doing that I can be part of? What is it that you're doing that I can be part of? What is it that you're doing I can be part of?